Welcome to Season 7 of the Dayton Women in the Word podcast. Our ministry's simple goal is to help women read their Bibles. We want to be women who know and believe God's Word and share what God's Word is teaching us with others. This season, Go Tell It, we'll be focusing on that last part, sharing with others. We'll ask each guest how God has called her to share the good news of the gospel in her life. We'll hear from women in a variety of seasons, stages, and missions. We invite you to listen in and ask God how you can be sharing the good news too. Have you ever wanted to join the Dayton Women in the Word team? Next week, we will be announcing available positions for 2020, so be sure to check out our social media to find out what those positions are. to the Dayton Women of the Word podcast. Um, I'm your host, Bethany, and we are in season seven where we're talking about um, what it looks like to share the gospel in our different spheres of influence. So I am in the studio today with my new friend, Kate. Um, so Kate, why don't you share with our listeners um, a little bit about you and what your um, current season of life looks like? Hi, yeah, thanks. Um, so I'm Kate, Kate Daniker. I am just about to turn 31 and I'm by God's grace, a single woman and a single foster parent. Um, So this season of my life is about embracing the gift of singleness Mm -hmm. and figuring out how to align more and more of my life Mm -hmm. to God's purposes and his kingdom. And yeah, God brought me to Dayton about five years ago. Um, I'm a missionary with a global missions organization that's based out of Xenia. And so when I was called to that missions organization, I moved here to their headquarters and I've lived here for about five years. Well, that's awesome. Um, why don't you give us a little insight on what the gospel means to you? Like if you had to define the gospel to somebody, what, what would you say? Oh, I feel like that question, it's like so easy easy in one sense and it's so hard in another sense. Yeah, it's like like all of these dimensions. It looks fine and then you're like, wow, okay. Yeah, like trying to articulate it. Um, But I would say that the gospel is that all of humanity has rebelled against a holy God Mm -hmm. and all of my best efforts or anyone's best efforts to love and obey Mm -hmm. this holy God are never going to be enough. So God used his own power and his own perfection to send Jesus so that I no longer need to strive, but I can rest in his perfect obedience on my behalf. So my sin was paid for when he died a sinner's death and that my new life is secure in him because he rose to live so that I I could have life in him. It's like an exchange. Mm -hmm. Um, So... God sent Jesus to restore for all of eternity um, and perfectly in eternity the pinnacle of his creation. Mm -hmm. So like the fact that we are the pinnacle of his creation um, restored us to a perfect relationship with him um, and in doing that, an eventual perfect relationship with each other and Mm -hmm. the rest of creation too. I grew up in the church and I remember um, at some point, you know, somebody saying how, you know, the gospel like the definition is like good news Mm -hmm. and 
it can be so easy to just like rattle that off mm-hmm. and be like, oh, yeah, I mean, it's the good news. And then, you know, well, what does that mean? Well, that just encompasses everything, you know, when you talk about like the meta narrative and, you know, the different, you know, creation, fall, redemption, restoration, like Mm -hmm. all of that is good news. Like it's good news that we are broken, but he Mm. promises to restore. It's good news that we are sinners in in deserving of hell and he has given us a way to escape like all of that. Like like you said, Mm -hmm. it's so simple, but then yet it turns everything like on its head. Yeah. You know, in the world that we live in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So, you know, you shared a little bit about, you know, where you're at and how you came to Dayton. But um, what what is your experience in coming to know the gospel for yourself? Yeah. So um, I was 16 Mm -hmm. when I came to know Jesus um, in a personal way. Mm -hmm. So. It was during the season of my life where I just started to strive harder and harder and harder and see my life fall apart more Mm. and more and more. Um, And so God brought me to this point of just seeing how meaningless all this striving was. Um, I was definitely a perfectionist. Mm. Um, As an athlete, I was um, drawn to those sports that were all about perfection, like Mm. gymnastics and diving and track, like those were my big sports. And so, yeah, when I was 16 years old, a high school teammate of mine invited me to her youth group. Mm -hmm. And it was there that um, the youth leader shared the gospel, but it was just in this perfect way. And I've even talked to him since Mm -hmm. this point. And he had no idea that (laughs) that day was so meaningful to me. He just thought it was another day. Mm -hmm. He was reaching out to the youth. He was sharing the gospel. Um, It was years later I told him that he just shared it in this perfect way. It was about God's perfect love. Mm. And it it resonated so much with me at that point where I was striving so much and still felt so broken inside and didn't know what to do with that. And um, so God helped me to see that I just needed him for Mm -hmm. my brokenness, that I felt inside of me um, because on on the outside it was like I was trying to be perfect. And I think a lot of other people thought my life was really put together. Mm -hmm. And that's what I wanted people to think. But it was so different on the inside. So um, yeah, so God helped me just to understand that the answer was not to have more and more control of my Mm -hmm. life. It was actually to let go of my life to him. And so yeah, I, I in a prayer that night, the youth pastor just explained how you can start a relationship Mm -hmm. with God and just by faith I repeated his words and I really believed it and wanted it and I would consider like that was the day that I really understood what it meant to know God in a personal way. Mm. Now um, you shared kind of where you are now so how do you feel like your um, experience and understanding of the gospel has um, changed or deepened from when you first came to know the Lord to now where you are in 2019? Oh my goodness. In so many different ways. I think it's been a long journey since um, when I was 16 to break down that desire and striving for perfection Mm -hmm. and to actually take, um, maybe pride is the right word, take pride in my brokenness Mm -hmm. instead of my perfection. but it is so wonderful, but I, I sense myself all the time, like drawing back to mm-hmm. that place of wanting to 
like be portrayed a certain way or um, give off a certain impression to people and not wanting people to see my brokenness. So I think I could, I can confidently say at this point, I am way more comfortable in my brokenness Mm -hmm. um, and way more eager to talk about what Jesus has done for me, Um, way more, more excited that other people can have that too. so yeah, I would say that. Yeah, that's that's really neat. I love um, I love in scripture, especially in Galatians. You know how much time Paul talks about the gospel in the sense of you know the freedom that it brings, and you know the context of Galatians is you know people who had come to know the Lord but really had reverted back to clinging to the law and all of the stipulations of the law, and I can resonate you know, with your story too in coming from the perfectionist perspective and, uh, you know, doing all the right things all the right time. And, you know, our striving can look different because, you know, everybody is going to have different things that they strive and struggle with. But that, you know, knowing that when we come to Christ, like he is offering freedom from whatever that looks like, if it's, you know, past hurt or trauma or just this, you know, unrealistic goal of like doing everything the best like he he offers freedom from that and Mm -hmm. you know the rest comes once we finally lay that down and can be comfortable in the giving up and giving in and acknowledging you know where we're weak that he's been made strong yep Mm -hmm. definitely Uh, so um What does it look like? How is God leading you to share the gospel in this season of your life? You know, you mentioned um, singleness as a fellow single lady. I can, I'm sure, I can't wait to hear what you'll you'll share with us about that. And then you know, fostering. So all these different, you know, sub sub seasons of life that you find yourself in. What does the sharing the gospel look like for you there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, so cool that you're single. I love that. (laughs) I didn't know that. Um, I have been enjoying so much embracing my singleness and the gift of it. Mm. Really understanding that this is a a time in my life where I get to pour out to many people. um, And that is something that's a gift that my married sisters don't necessarily have, not in the same way that Mm. I do as a single. And so how am I stewarding that as a single? And um, like I said, I became a foster parent. That just happened about a year and a half ago. And it was out of this desire to really dive into what does it mean to be single and Mm -hmm. what gifts do I have now and what things am I holding back on waiting until I'm married even though God is giving me the desire now and the capability now and the resources now Mm -hmm. and the heart for it now so foster care was one of those things but it's it's been such a joy um so yeah in this season of life I I thought I'd share just one fun way that I've um that I've gotten to share the gospel in the season of life in doing foster care. Mm-hmm. So it has been so neat as a foster parent to see the way that doing this single has impacted everyone from the bio parents, caseworkers, my friends, random strangers who find out I'm a single foster parent. They're just all so intrigued. Like, mm-hmm. why would you do that? <laughs> and so it's this perfect opportunity to share the gospel and um, after a while, uh, maybe like, I don't know, it was just this past like beginning of this year, I decided to start a YouTube channel awesome. to talk about my, my experience as a single foster parent because I just find that there's so many cre- questions from people, mm-hmm. whether single or married or caseworkers or like I said, everybody wants to know why would I do this? 
And it has become this perfect opportunity where people are already listening because they're Mm -hmm. intrigued. And then I get a chance to share the gospel. And so, um, yeah, that's been a really fun outlet. It's so random and crazy. It's not my normal thing to want to be up front. But um, it's really, I think it's inspired a lot of other single people to think about how they could also do the things that God has gifted them with and given them the ability to do in the season of life. And so... um, what I've talked about a lot on my channel is that idea of um, brokenness again. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting in this season of life, the brokenness that I'm seeing is it's in me, but it's like God took me to a deeper level to see so much more outside of me mm-hmm. as well. Um, and it feels like the stuff outside of me is so much less under my control. Mm-hmm. I mean, none of it's under my control, yeah. <laughs> but it, you can definitely tell when it's outside of you. Yeah that it's so much more out of your control. Um, and so being a foster parent, I see that brokenness all the time. And every part of the foster parent experience. And so I get to share the gospel in the sense that when I said yes to taking on all of that pain that's mm-hmm. involved with foster care, um, both with seeing the brokenness of the kids because of the trauma they've experienced, um, the biological families, I mean, the, the weight that the caseworkers have on them in this system. And I see so much hurt. And then I experience so much hurt when they leave. Mm-hmm. Um, I've experienced this, this sacrifice that I'm giving um, that's a lot like Jesus' sacrifice. And so it's really connected me to him in a different way, I think. Um, so one of the things I hear the most from people is something along the lines of like, I could never do that. I would get too attached. I could never let them go. Mm. And so I recently actually on my YouTube channel, I got a chance to just address that, that kind of comment from people mm. a little bit because it's so normal. I mean, I'm sure I've said it to people too. Um, but now that I'm a foster parent, like I feel like I can kind of enter into that and like understand why do I do it, mm-hmm. even though it hurts. And I think other people could also do it, even though it hurts. Um, so yeah, like I do, I get completely attached to these kids. Um, it hurts. It hurts so much when they leave. Um, but because I have a relationship with Jesus, that will mend my heart, mm-hmm. and it gives me the whole this whole frame of reference to deal with the brokenness of life with hope. Mm-hmm. And that's why I can do it. It's because it hurts so much. It takes, sometimes I've experienced a long time to grieve, but in Jesus there's hope, and so I can do it. I can sacrifice what I'm giving of my love and take on all that pain for the sake of the child. So that's a lot like what Jesus did for us, right? Like he took on all of our brokenness and pain on on himself in a great exchange where he received, or where we received his righteousness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, it's, yeah, bringing a child into my home who's experienced trauma, and then I love them with all I have, and um, and then I have no say what happens mm-hmm. to them at the end. As a foster parent, I have, there's barely anything I can do um, to change what happens and when the court systems decide. And that's so hard, and there's so much pain, but in the same moment, I can't imagine not doing it because I know how much pain there is. Mm-hmm. And there's like this exchange that happens where kids get um, a moment of love and security in my home mm-hmm. and I take on their pain. 
So it's been really neat. It's been a great way to share the gospel with strangers, mm-hmm. absolutely, um, but also caseworkers. I've had yeah. some awesome conversations with caseworkers who themselves, they don't understand how foster parents do it, mm-hmm. some of them. Um, and so it's a great chance to tell them about Jesus. Um, I've talked to bio parents about it um, because I think sometimes the perception can be like just that all foster parents are bad or something mm-hmm. like that. There's a lot yeah. of fear involved with it. And so I've had great relationships with biological families um, when they see that I'm doing this for good reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. I love um, that you earlier used the word um, steward. Mm-hmm. to describe because I feel like in both of the context both in um, singleness and then in fostering having that stewardship mentality that um, really getting to that point where we truly see that everything we have is not our own so that you know our the God that we serve has a future designed for these kids. So while mm-hmm. it still hurts, like you are stewarding your resources to do what God is calling you in this season of fostering. And um, that we just, it's so easy to you know, make excuses. You know, I can't do it because of this reason. And I can't, mm-hmm. I don't have, um, you know, this resource. And certainly there are times when, you know, it doesn't work for everybody, but yeah. there are so many, there's so much need and there's so many different ways to speak to that need in you know our area of the country that I think that um, not everybody realizes that like maybe you don't have the capacity for whatever reason to full blown go into fostering, but there's so many other opportunities like um, getting involved with safe families, which mm-hmm. is you know it's not through a county, it's not through a fostering agency, but it's you know this intermediary step and it's faith based and. Um, coming alongside families, you know, that can offer respite care for you. So yeah. that as you're actively in the trenches serving in this way, you know, the the church should be coming around and also supporting you. Like I think of Erin yeah. um, and her, I think that support um, Moses's arms in battle, you know, the church needs to do a better job of supporting those who are in the trenches because we're all called to do this together. And so you're you know, you're stewarding your resources to live out your obedience the way that you feel called to. And just because, you know, you know, I maybe am not in a place where going full blown into foster parenting is an option right now, but I can still, you know, reach out to people who are involved in that and ask how I can help. Like, do you need a night off? Do you need me to bring a meal because you are working and you're doing all your own grocery shopping because you're a strong, single, independent woman, but we all (laughs) need help sometimes. And um, just encouraging people to be more active in that. And then Mm -hmm. I think too, it's been interesting. My perspective on singleness has really shifted like it it, you know has done a number on my like mental processing of what that looks like because I think um growing up in the church I had this misperception that um I'm very linear thinking so I was like you know I still desire all these things because I'm not content Mm -hmm. and then a few years ago I realized you know I am like I am really thankful for the life that God has given me. And I feel like for the first time ever, I truly feel like I'm content. Yeah. So why do I still feel like this pull? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I guess those can like coexist. Mm-hmm. It never yeah. like really dawned on me before that it's possible. But using 
this season again to steward like you said stewarding that singleness that um i don't need to keep waiting to do xyz until this other season comes and i was always like very resistant to that you know encouragement that like you know yeah there there are going to be certain aspects of like following the lord that are easier as a single person and i was always like i don't want to hear it like, yeah <laughs> no i don't don't talk to me about that and now you know my walk with the lord is not like perfect i don't sit at home because i'm single studying scripture four hours a day <laughs> but i can start to see the reality of like okay when you're balancing like all of these other things like yeah it's gonna be harder and so treasuring this and stewarding this season looks a lot different than it used to before the Lord developed that like stewardship mentality. Yeah, I think for me, I found one of the biggest blessings of being single is the ability to love our neighbor well mm. and, and to do that in some ways that again, our married sisters um, can't, not that they can't do it, it's just a little it's bit harder yeah. or there's somebody else that's, um, that's always speaking into into that as well. And so as a, as a single, one thing I can steward is that I I do have my own decisions to make with my mm-hmm. time. And so loving my neighbor well, and I think for me, foster care was the way that because of my love for kids mm-hmm. was the perfect way to love my neighbor. Like mm-hmm. if my neighbor next door to me had some kind of crisis and needed their kids to be taken care of, I would hope that I would say, absolutely, yes. Mm -hmm. And these are our neighbors that are involved with the foster care system. And there's a lot of ways to love our neighbors. So Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be foster care, but I do have that ability. I could sit at home and ignore all the things going on around me, and but I I choose not to, Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, and I think too, it's also important to remember, you know, as we talk this season about sharing the gospel, that yes, of course, a huge focus of that is sharing the gospel with people who don't know the Lord yet through whatever that looks like. But it's also just as important to share and preach the gospel to fellow believers because mm-hmm. there's going to be times where we need the gospel preached to ourselves. So Definitely. there's going to be times where, you know, you're in the trenches with fostering or like I'm having a rough you know, day of singleness, or, you know, I'm leading a Bible study with, you know, younger, single or married, you know, married girls where, you know, I need to preach the gospel to them or hear it myself, even though I already know the Lord, but we still need to be reminded of the good news of the gospel. Yes. yes. Um, you know, we've heard, obviously, you know, allusions to the brokenness that is, you know, intrinsic to the foster system. Um, But what are some other barriers that you feel like you've encountered in sharing the gospel in this season of your life? Mm. I think most of them I can think of are barriers inside of me, Mm -hmm. not so much barriers um, from other people or, or whatnot. But I think there's a lot of there's fear that I would hurt a relationship. Mm. Um, as much as I hear that preached on or people talk <laughs> to me about that or I try to get myself over that, um, there's there's still fear there that I'm going to hurt a relationship. Mm. Um, and maybe because that's true, it, it, might, it might hurt a relationship to share the gospel with somebody that is rejecting God. Mm. So I need to remember it's – I, I want to present the gospel in such a way that when they reject God, I haven't put myself 
in there um, intentionally so that they reject me too and to try to keep that relationship with them even if I share the gospel that they don't want. And that can be really difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another thing I was thinking about was I can believe the lie that if I can't share or don't share in that moment, like the four points of the gospel, <laughs> then I failed at sharing the gospel yeah. and I haven't done a good job. And, you know, I'll start to get all these worries like, oh, I should have I should have gotten to that last point and asked them if they wanted to make a decision. But again, I, th- I think that um, that's a lie. I just... In my experience traveling um, overseas where the um, just darker places, places mm-hmm. where the gospel hasn't really gone yet, it takes years and years and mm-hmm. over and over and over again of hearing the gospel um, for people to understand it and receive it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's helped me with that a little bit, realizing it doesn't have to be, it might be all four points, mm-hmm. you know, in quotes, but um, it doesn't have to be all four points. Sometimes it's just, you need to know right now God loves you. Mm-hmm. He loves you. Um, or sometimes it might be to to a, a, a believer needs the reminder that Jesus has covered that sin. And so sometimes it's not all four points. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it is, but sometimes it's not. Mm-hmm. I think, um, so I grew up in a city and, you know, I live in Dayton. Like, I have a black thumb. I'm I'm terrible. Like, I can't keep, like, cactuses and succulents alive. I can't keep things that need more care alive. I don't know what's going on. But um, scripture is filled, especially in the Gospels, there's so many parables that reference, like, agriculture. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like sometimes, you know, in 2019, if you're not, you know, active in horticulture or, you know, not a farmer, some of that understanding of the the visuals of that example are kind of lost a little bit. And that, you know, the time and the steps involved, like you don't plant a seed and harvest the corn the next day. But we always want these like quick turnarounds and then we feel like, you know, we've done something wrong. And of course, you know, how much more does that point to our emphasis being on ourselves instead of just being obedient to the opportunity that Christ has like placed in front of us. Um, But reminding us, you know, reminding ourselves that this is likely gonna be a process and we don't know at what section in the story that God has written for that individual. We don't know what section of their story we're intersecting yeah. with. So like you said, you know, we may get to see it to, you know, full fruition in that one interaction, but we might just be one more one more seed that's planted, one more harvesting step that's come. You know, mm-hmm. we may be the ones that get to, you know, pull the ripe apple off the tree, so to speak. But yeah. um, reminding ourselves to not not allow not being able to see all the parts of the redemption story um, keep us from being obedient in the part that we're called to. Yeah. Um, what encouragement do you have for um, other women who might be listening to share the gospel wherever you know they're being called to today yeah you know I kind of think it goes off of what you just said actually about how just being obedient to share the gospel and not worrying about the results um, because we are each part of that growing process so if we all take that seriously if everyone in the church Mm -hmm. takes that seriously and we're all willing to share the gospel with people and not be worried about the results, 
we might actually see more results. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I really experienced this again when I was overseas. It was just that much more in my face, I think. Mm-hmm. It, it definitely happens here, but I, I sat down to lunch with um, three girls, and they, it was about Easter time, and so one of the things we wanted to do was share about Easter mm-hmm. with people when we were there. And um, we just got in a conversation, and I asked them if they knew the story of Easter. And um, they said, no, we don't know the story. And so I said, can I tell it to you? And so I started telling just the story in my own words of Easter. And I could see, I looked at their each of their eyes one by one, and the first two girls were just eyes down, mm-hmm. weren't really interested. And the third girl, wide-eyed, open mouth, like nodding her head the whole time. And I got done and I said, have you ever heard that story before? She said, yes, my teachers told me that story. And so it was this moment of realizing that I'm just another influence in her life. Like her teacher may have been another missionary in this country for Mm -hmm. all I know and um, has been loving her and loving her and loving her. And so what did it mean for me to come in and share the gospel one more time? It was not about me at all. Mm -hmm. It wasn't about trying to hit certain numbers of gospel shares or whatever. (laughs) I don't know. Um, But we were, her teacher was being obedient and I was Mm -hmm. being obedient and that made an impact on her life. And Mm -hmm. so I I hoped taking that from that experience in the country, coming back to the U.S. to think about it the same way. Mm -hmm. If I'm obedient with the gospel, if my friend is obedient with the gospel, Mm -hmm. um, the person who needs the gospel is going to be more likely to hear it. Mm -hmm. So, and then... um, couple other things I thought about is just the power of um, prayer. In our country, very few people reject prayer. It's a very good thing. People mm-hmm. want to be prayed for. And <laughs> so that is a great way to get into a gospel conversation is just to ask, how can I pray for you? And then actually do it. Mm. Like just do it right then or do it later and follow up with the person and see how they're doing. But to actually pray for the people that you say that you say you're going to pray for, and just have those real relationships with people, um, just real life relationships that don't depend on their response to the gospel. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, what places in Scripture do you find um, most helpful in approaching gospel sharing? Yeah. So you mentioned Galatians earlier, which is what <laughs> we, I was We didn't thinking. plan this ahead of time, I nope. promise. <laughs> so Galatians, this year, Galatians has just meant a whole lot to me. Um, and it's like you said, I think of freedom when I think of Galatians. And so Galatians 4, 4 through 7 says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. And then in 5.1, it follows up. By saying, for freedom Christ has set us free, stand firm then, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. And I think those verses really speak to the intimacy in our relationship with God and what he wants um, and his intentionality towards us and our new identity, Mm. which is something that I really I really cling to. And then, of course, the mention of adoption, like I really connect to that. Mm Um, 
obviously because of foster care and just just my heart um, that not just kids that don't have families for some reason here on earth, but that all of us would know the power of adoption mm-hmm. and that God has adopted us. Um, so yeah, those two verses. I love I love that transition there because I think so often it's it's easy to just stop at the move from slave to free and just be like, I mean, that's great. That's mm-hmm. an awesome, that's good news, like to no longer be in slavery. But you know, what you read, we not only, he not only has redeemed us out of um, slavery, but he's made us an co-heir with Christ. Yeah. Like that's like so many like rungs that he has elevated us to and that, you know, that adoption, like looking, looking up that word in the dictionary and just like realizing that that is us because of Christ, that not only has he just like, you know, scooped us out of a pit and like, you know, righted us, you know, readjusted our you know clothes so we're not so disheveled and just sent us on our way. Like, no, he invites us to the table and like mm-hmm. we get to be seated with Christ. And that, you know, that is good news right there. It's such good news. And, you know, in this world, like we live in a, a postmodern world or a postmodern society, at least, and um I think there's this false illusion that just going our, our own ways is true freedom. Mm-hmm. But I think why this these verses are really great to share with people about the gospel is because what any of us, including myself, seeks for freedom outside of Christ is never going to be freedom. And so many people in our world feel in bondage, um, even if it's just to their own standards of righteousness. And so um, I think the, the idea of freedom really speaks to people in our culture. Well, I just thank you so much for hanging out with us today in the studio, Kate. And I just um, pray that our listeners will be um, encouraged to speak freedom in whatever, um, whatever their season of life looks like currently. Thanks so much for having me.